but you know me by a different, much older name. A name perhaps you hoped you'd never hear again. I am Dave! All right. Hey, welcome to the very first podcast. I'm excited you're here. I'm excited you're listening for all of you that are. My name's Dave, and you probably caught that on the intro that was mixed and put together very carefully by my good friend, Chad. Chad, you say hi to everybody. What's up? There you go. And then to my left is my lovely girlfriend, and her name is Carol. Hello. There you go. So this is our first podcast, and this is a brand new experience for me. And for Carol, but Chad, you're the expert in this. Yes, I guess. <laughs> well, you've done this. <laughs> so I've, go ahead. I've done behind the scenes. I've only been on the air a few times. So even recording my own voice is different for me. Yeah, I know. It takes a while to get used to hearing your own voice right. because, you know, we've all experienced that. You're listening and it sounds kind of weird to you. Chad and I go back a little bit. And today, this first podcast is going to be about kind of the history of kind of what led us to this point and then kind of give you an idea of what this podcast is going to be about. There's a lot of podcasts out there, but we want to talk about why are we doing a podcast? Why another podcast? Do we need another podcast with three people talking into a microphone that comes out weekly? And we think the answer to that is a resounding <laughs> yes, right? So I've known Chad for probably 25 years, 20 years. Probably closer to 20, yeah. Yeah, and so we used to go to the same church together, uh, First Assembly here in Grand Rapids on uh, Byron Center and 44th, and that's where we met and did a lot of uh, ministry-type stuff together, especially in children's ministry and drama. And I am an avid Facebook user, which some would lead you to believe that means I am narcissistic, but I don't <laughs> I don't think that's true. Not Well, not fully, maybe a little. But... I try to mix things up on Facebook. I try to put things on Facebook that are going to get people talking and discussing things, not in the way of, to use the internet term, to be a troll and just go and try to stir up trouble. I used to do that years ago, but that uh, as it is, it is kind of amusing, but it's not very productive. And my senior pastor actually challenged me a couple of years ago saying, hey, you know, you, you actually have something to say but you're losing people because you like to go into a room, drop a grenade, and then run away and then watch what happens. And I would kind of do that on Facebook. So um, what, about six or seven months ago, Chad, you came up to me and said, hey, uh, I think you uh, should have a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about why you felt like we needed to do this. Well, much like your senior pastor, I think you do have something to say. And what I had always been impressed with is how you tend to ask thought-provoking questions mm. that cause the church and Christians to question the way they're handling things that would only benefit them and others in the long run. Because we get to see other people's perspective and we have to look at ourselves and we have to say, am I handling this the right way? Or what do I think about it seriously? Or, you know, maybe I'm closer to believing somebody else's opinion. So those thought-provoking questions led me to believe that this would be a good idea for you. I was, you know, I was kind of flattered, not kind of, I was very much flattered by that. This is something I've always kind of wanted to do. You know, we've, we've been toying with different names for the podcast and we don't have one. We have not settled on one yet, but 
by the end of the show, we'll have a Gmail address <laughs> for people to email in case someone, you know, the people who listen to this and if they have questions, but specifically if you have uh, suggestions for the name of the podcast, these are some of the names we're, we're thinking about right now. Um, we've got the Wittenberg door. We've got running with scissors. We've got unscripted Christianity and then very cleverly Christianity unscripted with the open <laughs> letter, which seems to have the most positive votes. And today I thought of one, which is uh, hard to stay silent. Can I go back to the Witten, um, door? Wittenberg Witt, door? Wittenberg door. Could you elaborate on that? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thanks. It's the door. It's Carol's, it was Carol's thought, and it was where Martin Luther nailed the theses. Oh, okay. You know, kind of like taking apart Catholicism. Apologize to any Catholics listening. He's not like, nothing against Catholicism, but it, not at it all. was just a way to say we want to poke holes in the facade of Christianity as it's presented in culture. And we don't believe that Christianity is a facade at all. No, but it does sometimes get presented that way in American culture. Yes, yes. We have a very Western way of looking at Christianity. So this show, and we're going to talk about some of our guidelines and our principles, but we want to talk about things that people are talking about and you know some current events, and we're going to try to do this show weekly. And there's times that we're also going to talk about things that we think people should be talking about because we hear a lot of noise and we have a lot of static out there. And I think sometimes we just need to all take a deep breath. So let's all, let's all take a deep breath. Ready? <gasps> and just calm down a little bit. We get on Facebook, and this just happened the other day. And I was asking a question like I do on Facebook. I'm not going to get into it because it's not the point of our podcast today. Put something on Facebook that's a controversial topic, but I'm curious. I didn't say what my point of view was fully. So some guy, some people started commenting and talking about it. It was interesting. And then one guy comes on there and he goes, you guys are all a bunch of morons. And I had the choice of like, am I, is it going to let this upset me? And I just thought, I just think it's kind of funny. And so I'm like, you know, wow, <laughs> that's not very nice. And you're like, Mr. Grumpy Pants is showing up right now. <laughs> so I try to just deal with it kind of a little bit dismissive humor. Cause Why don't you elaborate on specifically what you were talking about and what his response or maybe the response of others? I was talking about the idea of white privilege and how in America... I mean, if you look at statistics and you don't have to dig very deep, the the tricky thing is is it's easy to make statistics stay say whatever you want. I love the quote. I think it's by Mark Twain where he says 72.3% of all statistics are made up, which I think is really funny. Apparently you two don't, but I think that's funny. Clever. <laughs> it's but, a Mark Twain thing you wouldn't understand. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's a, like a Jeep thing. We were talking about white privilege and a lot of people are like, no, 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 it's not a real thing. It's not a real thing. And the thing I thought was fascinating about it is that the people who were saying it wasn't a real thing were saying it wasn't real because they hadn't experienced it. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, I, didn't, I haven't seen that, so it can't be real. Right. Have you seen Mount Rushmore live? Have you been on the moon? I mean, just because you haven't seen it, it's kind of this weird, naive way of looking and thinking about things. So, I mean, I've never been to Ruth Chris Steakhouse and had a steak, but I believe their steaks are better than Outback. Do you know anybody that works there? Then maybe you Ruth, <laughs> Have you ever even eaten at Ruth Chris Steakhouse? I have not. I'd love to. I know. So if we have anyone who, are, who listens to this and you want to take us out to Ruth Chris Steakhouse, we would, uh, we're open to that. I ask questions like that. I want to talk about things like that because I think they're important. I'm not that interested fully in arguing about it and like I really want to know what your opinion is. I'm more interested in why do you have that opinion. And why do we so often get angry when someone has a different opinion? Why are we upset by that? 
you know, without even considering what their story is or how they've arrived at it or what's happening in their mind other than just trying to uh, exclude people because they don't agree with what we agree with. And I don't think we think when we hold on to our beliefs that way, that's uh, harmful. I don't think it's wrong. I don't think it's Christ-like. All right. So what I want to do is I want to go into this first podcast and normally for future podcasts, we are going to have topics and we're going to have a lot of guests on this show where we'll be interviewing them. Generally, uh, probably 99% of the time we are going to have myself and Chad and Carol are going to be kind of anchoring the podcast. I am technically the host of the, of the show. Really the three of us are the ones who are putting together the content. Um, specifically, Carol and I get together and kind of hammer some of the stuff out of what we think we want to talk about. So tonight we again are going to be talking about some of just kind of the parameters, the foundations of the show and the things that are going to guide what we're going to talk about in the future. So number one, and I think this is a big deal, is we want to talk about what we are for rather than what we are against as much as we possibly can. Why not what we're against? Um, <laughs> because I think I, I think we've done too much of that in the church and uh, the Western church. And I apologize. I don't mean to be arrogant saying that, you know, like I can speak for the entire church, but my experience has been, and my observations have been, is that too many times that we're out running around boycotting things and picketing things and saying, we're against this. We don't like this. And we need to stop doing that. I don't see Jesus doing that. Right. I see Jesus affirming, loving, um, he very had very strong opinions and was not afraid to stand up against things. Hence, People liked having him around because he wasn't a negative person. Exactly. Yeah, they invited him to parties and hung out with him. What about when people say the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so? Well, that's I, a four. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I'm redeemed. I'm for that. True. That's true. It is. It is. It is for that. But when you're talking about a topic, there's different ways to to approach it. Let's take the let's take abortion the abortion issue. Um, yeah, why not? We just that's dive. We're going to dive right in because that's what we do here on this unnamed podcast. So you can do this. You can go stand in front of a, a Planned Parenthood or abortion clinic, and obviously, and hopefully not, but obviously, people do reprehensible things. Like, uh, or late last year, we had the guy who was shooting doctors coming out of an abortion clinic. I mean, that's. That's so far from Christ, like it's stunning to think that people think that that's a good idea. But to stand in front and screaming at people who are going in to get an abortion, screaming at the doctors who perform them, and having signs so everyone knows that you personally and specifically are very against abortions, how many people are going to change their mind about the topic of abortion because they saw you holding a sign? That's funny because actually I think that way of Westboro Baptists. And that's what they, they do. When they hold their sign to say, you know... I guess since this is actually a more adult podcast, they say fags are and blacks and Jews are going to hell. And it's like, you know, I remember one time I thought to myself, yeah, if I'm a black Jew who is also gay. The gay black Jew in the Westboro, they're, they're, they're the trifecta of evil. <laughs> right. So am I all of a sudden going to look at a five-year-old holding a sign and say, I'm going to change my way? Yeah. It's similar to like yeah. being on Facebook and like like if you're going to argue, how many people have been changed their mind by someone arguing on Facebook? And nobody. But I would rather have instead of petitioning an abortion clinic or spending all that energy all that time, I'd rather have you know people. Why not help a home for unwed mothers? You know, or or young single moms or moms who are struggling to raise their children. They're like, Hey, give me an alternative here. Yeah, make it possible for them to keep their babies. Yeah. Don't yeah. because it, it comes out of this. Like, what is your motivation? What is this coming out of? And if you're holding a sign and you're screaming at people, 
I mean, what's the underlying emotion there? Anger. Yeah. I think what you're saying then is you want us to be proactive rather than reactive. Exactly. Those are good buzzwords, and they're and they're tr- they're, they're true though. Um, absolutely, I would I'd rather try to fix something than just condemn it because I think it's wrong. Is it very interesting to me that I used to work in this warehouse for about eleven years, and I worked with other believers, of course. And there was this guy who used to drive his high low around, and he every morning would play Howard Stern. And he's he wasn't a believer; he didn't profess to be a believer. And one of the guys I worked with, we would come in in the morning because we were drivers, and he felt like he needed to confront this individual and go up to him and go, you know, I don't think you should be listening to Howard Stern because I don't think that's pleasing to God. And he's like, I don't care. I could care (laughs) less if it's pleasing to God. I don't even believe in God. Sometimes we think everyone thinks and acts and behaves and believes the same things we do. Now we got to remember, like, that's not how the world works, right? So you can't go to someone who's not a Christian and go, you shouldn't do that because it's offensive to God. They don't (laughs) care. So, better build a relationship with that guy. If you want him to consider Christ, build a relationship with him. Why does he listen to Howard Stern? What's going on there? You know, get to know his story, what's happening with him. Then you have a right to speak into his life or at least to talk to him about spiritual things. Right. Rather than just coming up to someone on the side of the road and going, are you going to heaven or are you going to hell? I'm not sure why that has a Southern accent, but burn, burn. <laughs> get right or get left. That's oh, right. Yeah. Which used to be a song. It's actually kind of a good it, song. It still is a song. It is. <laughs> Who sang, uh, Farrell Farrell sang that back mm-hmm. in, for you old school Christian rock fans. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, we want to be, I want to talk about, I want to be positive about things and not try to be angry or dismissive. And I just think that that can be annoying and frustrating. And I think that's why, unfortunately, we should be, Christians should be, hopefully, some people want to listen to. And generally, it's like, yeah, that's the last thing people want to do is listen to Christians. Well, and we're supposed to be attracting people to Christ and not repelling them. I think a lot of people, when they see anger, they want to go the other direction. It's not an appealing emotion. Why do people want to go the other way when they see anger? It's frightening. Yeah. It could be scary. Mm-hmm. And we've all seen the example of that where the little old lady confronts this big hulking guy and he's fully intimidated because it's his grandma, you know, or whatever. And he will, yes, ma'am, no ma'am. And, you know, feels very chagrined and chastised and she can't hurt him, you know, but yet she's angry and he will totally, you'll see that with mm-hmm. big dogs and small dogs sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> small dog will intimidate the big one because it's angrier. Yeah, like a chihuahua. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you were a chihuahua, you'd be angry. Let's be <laughs> honest. Because... They're just weird looking little animals. I think that they're really cats that are trying to be dogs. That's why they can't really bark. They're more like yipe. The yipe? Yipe, yipe. Like that. <laughs> they don't actually go woof, woof, or bark, bark. They go yipe, yipe. They're actually Have you ever cats. heard a dog actually go bark, bark? <laughs> no. no. Woof, woof either, for that matter. <laughs> we have segued <laughs> off the topic, but that's okay, because we will do that in this podcast, and I will be as guilty of it as anyone but it's my job as host to bring us back to the collective. So we have a quote here, and this is actually one of the underlying quotes. I am a big, I, I like podcasts, which is, I'm excited I have my own podcast now. I mean, how many people get to say that? <laughs> but I love to listen to good public speakers. And there's a couple of voices that I really like. One of them's Erwin McManus. Uh, he is a church out in uh, Los Angeles called Mosaic. Another church I really like is Menlo Park church and John Ortberg is the pastor there. 
I am not friends or no, I don't know either of them, but I think they're brilliant speakers. And hopefully someday we can interview them for this podcast. That would be cool. Pipe dream. But so I found a quote and put it on Facebook um, a couple of weeks ago. And so, Kara, why don't you read that quote? Because that's a good underlying thought for this podcast. Yeah, he's he's talking about the who the church is supposed to be. And he says, we are supposed to be God's open letter to humanity. We are not supposed to convince them that what we believe is right. We're supposed to live a life that compels them to the life we've discovered. There's something about the man Jesus, and that's such a polarizing name when people even talk about the name Jesus. Uh, you know, people look at you weird unless you go to church and then, you know, and then it's okay. It's acceptable language. But to just go into work tomorrow and say, hey, let's talk about Jesus. People are going to look at you really weird. You could say, hey, let's talk about the Detroit Lions, which would be a depressing conversation. <laughs> or you could talk about lots of things. But if you say, hey, let's talk about Jesus, you know, just try that tomorrow at work and uh, <laughs> see how that goes for you. But we are absolutely called to live in such a way that people go, there's something attractive about it. Mm -hmm. The sad, sad thing is, in my opinion, and I want to be really honest in this podcast, um, the sad thing is, is I really don't see many Christians living in such a way that I don't think it's attractive to anyone. And I will throw myself in there as well. I'm afraid too often, too frequently, I don't live a life that's attractive to someone who would be watching me going, man, I want to live like Dave because Dave, boom, he's got it. He's got to figure it out. That guy there, that bald guy, I want to, I want to be like him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that quote? I mean, as, as Carol's read that, what do you, what type of responses do you guys have? I like it. <laughs> well, okay. That's plain, generic, to the point. I like it. I like it. I like it. Well, thank you for that. For the deep insight, we'll be going to Carol. I say to my son, hey, son, how do you like dinner? I like it. What'd you have for dinner tonight? Me? Yeah. I had McDonald's. <laughs> so did we. We could have all gone together. Oh, missed opportunity. Right. right. Carol had the art, the what, artisan chicken? Yeah. Artisan. What, 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 what the heck is that artisan chicken? Like it's a work of art? It's a chicken sandwich already breading in between the bun and with some lettuce and some sauce slapped Not on breaded. it. It was grilled. That's why it's artisan. Because it's, it's uh, a work of art. Did you look lift up the bun to see if there I was did, like art? But it was dark on... in the car. No. Well, I mean, Subway, their employees are sandwich. Artists. 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 I heard somebody say, I wish the sneeze guard at Subway was on my side, not theirs. It's not a bad thought <laughs> because, you know, I don't want anyone sneezing in my food, whether right. it's myself or them, but I'm more comfortable with my sneezing than theirs. Oh, the reason I the reason I like that quote is because and what made me think of it was that anger frightens people and drives them away. And yeah. if we're living lives that are going to compel people to be attracted and say, Ooh, I want to live like that. Anger is not one of those things that should exemplify our, our lives because it'll drive people away. Does the op accomplishes the opposite of what Jesus intended for us to do. I agree. And I think unfortunately it seems like, especially Americans, there are two emotions that are very similar, but different. And I think Americans love to be irritated and outraged. Oh yeah. And we just, boy, we want to go to battle because oh, we got the freedom to do that. We do have the freedom to do it. And, but there's something fulfilling about it. There's something that's attractive about it because like in movies, you know, you ever seen that movie where 
the bad guy gets his or she gets hers and someone tells her off or he gets killed in the end. And like everyone in the audience is cheering. Mm. And you're like, I think of the movie Back to the Future when Marty McFly punches Biff. I mean, that was like, I, I love that moment when I first saw that. Because I'm old. I saw it in the theaters. And I remember like, like the theater cheered. We love to see people get what's theirs. And so I think sometimes we want to be that person to put someone in their place. I have a question regarding that quote, though, and that's this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it really the anger that drives people away, or is it the idea that somebody is pushing their belief on them? It's like they're taking the defensive because somebody is being offensive against them. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do, and I think, it's, I think it's both, right? Because it's the people who will, like, they ask you a question, and they don't care what your answer is. They're just waiting for you to get done so they can then go off on what they only brought it up in the first place so they could tell you what they think. They don't really care what you think. And everyone hates the idea of anyone pushing their beliefs down your throat. That's as, and it's interesting how that is completely universal. Mm. It's certainly in America, I don't know anyone who's like, oh, please shove your opinion down my throat because I just love it when that happens. Everyone hates that and nobody thinks they do it. <laughs> It's like, it's like being racist, no one, or a hypocrite. No one goes out there and goes, you know, I am just this biggest hypocrite. I am so racist. Nobody says these things, but obviously we, we see people that are doing them that are racist, that are hypocrites all day long. But when we look in the mirror, we very rarely see that in ourselves. I don't see it in myself. Well, it's because you I don't, don't appreciate any. you saying that. Yeah. <laughs> and there's the people who own it and you're not even talking about to talking to them. And they're like, no, I'm not a, you know, and you're like I wasn't even talking to you, dude. But you know, if the shoe fits. All right. So one of the key things too, is this, is we want to be very open and we want to be very honest on this show. Um, unfortunately in Christianity, a lot of times, and uh, I don't, we don't really mean to be throwing Christianity under the bus because that's kind of talking what we're against, but we want to be very authentic. Uh, and growing up in the church, I remember going to, uh, I was involved in church leadership. I've been a pastor a couple different times, and in future podcasts, we'll get more into our stories, each one of us, where we've come from, what's going on, because we think story is so important. But I remember going to events for a church, and they would be like, some of them were fantastic, and some of them were just really bad. It just didn't go well. You know, whatever the sound system didn't work right or nobody showed up or whatever. But the following Sunday, they'd talk about it. They'd talk about what a wonderful time we all had. And I'm like, were you, I was there. Why are we lying about this? Where a pastor would be leaving and they're like, well, I'm just really moved of God. I'm really led by the Lord to go somewhere else. And it's baloney. No, it's because you hate the senior pastor. It took six months to figure that out. Not that you need to say that from the pulpit, but we too often we were fake. Are you saying, though, that people can't feel led of the Lord to move from one church to another? Exactly. Never. <laughs> Never? No, of course they can, but I've Because that's known... how I ended up in my current church. It wasn't because I wanted to leave my church. I love my church, and I'd go back to it in a heartbeat, but yeah. this is where God wants me to be, and so no. that's why I'm there. He actually wants you at my church, but that's a different story. You never know what God wants. I do. He tells me. Um, <laughs> tells you. I, I, and David tells the rest of us. I, that's right. That's hence the podcast. <laughs> See what I do. The prophet. <laughs> I, uh, I I put a I have a big bowl. I put milk in it, and then I have honeycombs or the alphabets thing. Yeah, alphabets. I do that, and then the words spell out. You know, it's, it's a very prophetic way of doing it. Hmm. Not any weirder than Ezekiel or Hosea. I mean, come on. Is it too late to back out of this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, this first one, yes. Future ones, it's up to you. 
I want to be at the place where, because I've been in those examples where I've, I knew the story of why the pastor was leaving. I knew what was happening behind the scenes, but what was spoken to the people on mass was a lie. It wasn't genuine. It was something that was completely made up to appease the masses or to avoid controversy. And I'm not or to saying save face, save face. Perfect. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you have to go into the nitty gritty, dirty details, but I'd prefer a, maybe a different level or some level of honesty sometimes instead of just doing what we feel like we are supposed to do, which is really dishonest. And I think people see that in, in the church and Christianity too much. And that's church is in decline right now, right? People are going, moving away from the church. Atheism, percentages in atheism, agnosticism are rising specifically among the young. You know, it's, it's epidemic, especially if you're, if you're a believer, if you're agnostic, you're like, well, yeah, come on. That makes sense. But for those of us who are in the church and who are believers, that's, it's troubling. We don't want to see mm-hmm. that. And we got to examine it and be honest about it and try to figure out why is this happening? And I think that's one of the reasons why. Do you Thoughts? actually think that they're atheists because they are actually atheists? Or do you think that they're atheists because they're in rebellion against what they were taught? Well, I don't think you can make a blanket statement. I think there are a lot of different reasons. Absolutely. Lots and lots of different reasons. But I believe that a lot of people who have lost their faith, they didn't arrive at that decision in a vacuum. I think a whole lot of them were hurt by someone in the church. There was something that happened in the church and they thought, you know what, screw this. I'm done. This isn't real. This is fake. Hey, I'm an atheist and I, you know, I just reject God because I've examined all the the stuff. But I mean, absolutely some some atheists are born in atheistic families and then they decide, you know what? Hey, this is this makes sense to me. But I think a whole bunch of atheists are born out of pain and rejection and bitterness. I don't think all do, atheists are that. bitter. You think so? I do see that. In fact, I have a cousin who's anti-church to the max. And it isn't because of me. You know, I think that if you take a look at what we've gone through through the 80s, we had the Jimmy Swagger, you know, the Jim Bakers. Yeah. We had the people who are like like Oral Roberts, who, mm-hmm. you know, give me a million dollars or God's going to kill me so I can start a medical <laughs> school that's eventually going to shut down, um, <laughs> which it did. <laughs> yeah. We, we grew up around that. It did nothing to us but caused us to to not trust the church. And I think these people are a step further because in addition to that, you have all these adulteries that continued that have become more public because of the instant news from the internet. Um, and then on top of that, you have um, pedophiles in churches mm. molesting children. Yeah. And it just turns people off to the church. I wonder if it isn't that they're atheists because they actually don't believe in God. I think that they're atheists because they're rebelling against the church. Yeah, and I think a lot of that's true. And, I, and, I, and then what I'm saying, you know, I think we're in agreement on that, or in agreement, as some people like to say, because it's <laughs> fun to throw made-up words into podcasts. A lot of people, it's the same idea. People are born, they're, and I think it's a dangerous thing to have, because our belief systems are very core and very central to who we are, Right. Um, we hold very tightly and very deeply to those. They impact us on all levels. And and when your belief system is born out of bitterness or pain or rejection, and again, I'm not saying every atheist is born out of pain, bitterness, and rejection. I'm not saying that. But in my experience, a number of them are. And if that's what started your belief or your path down this road is rejection and pain, I think that's dangerous. I don't think it's healthy. 
And can we have conversations with people? And we're going to have atheists on the show. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to talk to them. We're going to talk to a number of different people who've lost their faith. Because I'm interested. What happened? Because at a point you were very much on board. And at some point you decided, no, it's not for me. I think Chad's onto something, though, with the rebellion. I, I think sometimes it is out of hurt or disappointment. But sometimes it can be, I want to do what I want to do. And if I say I'm a Christian, I can't. So... I'm going to reject right. God so I can just choose my own path. Do whatever Absolutely. I, want. I, I agree a hundred percent. I've, I've definitely witnessed that as well. I'm in a relationship with somebody and we want to live together. And I know I was raised that, you know, sex before marriage is wrong, but I don't care. I want to do that. I can't be wrong because this is what I want to do. So I have to live a life where my actions are congruent with my beliefs to some extent. So to just live in a way and go, yeah, I don't believe what I'm doing is okay, but I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Most people can't reconcile that. Mm -hmm. So they'll just, they have to abandon either the behavior or the belief. So, and unfortunately, a lot of people, it's just easier to abandon the belief and that's troubling. Why is it so easy to abandon the belief? What I notice is the polarization because you don't just have people rebelling. They're going out of their way to publicly discredit the church. It's one thing to say, you know, I'm an atheist now. But why because, do they, why do they do that though? Why are they why are they why go through the time and the energy to publicly disgrace the church? What do you think the motivation? And we're speculating. I think it's hurt. I yeah. think it's distrust. Revenge. Revenge. Revenge against what? Against the hurt they've experienced. And and, and again, we're we got three believers in a room here and uh super um liberal Holland, <laughs> Michigan or Zealand or wherever where we are here. <laughs> um and that's why I feel like we need to open the show up to other voices. And that actually is the next point I have is that we, the three of us, are unapologetically Christian, you know? And unfortunately, and I think we all kind of feel this, sometimes I don't like the word Christian anymore because what it's come to mean in our culture, I would really almost wish we could come up with a different word, like we're disciples of Christ or whatever, whatever that may be. But we follow Jesus Christ, all three of us. That right. is, he is the center of our lives, uh, and we want to continue to become more and more the people that he wants us to be and live by the principles he taught. Agreed? Agreed. Agreed. Okay. And part of that, too, is the the kingdom of God is the kingdom whose citizenship we are most aware of and most proud of and striving to be. I'm much more interested in being a citizen of the kingdom of God than I am being a good American citizen. My allegiance to the kingdom of God has to supersede my allegiance to America. You guys were in agreement on that as well? (laughs) Perfect. So I love America. I do. I love being an American. We have incredible privileges here, and we should never take that lightly. But yet the kingdom of God has to be more important to me because Christ demands it. We also, we're going to be real, real painfully vulnerable about who we are on the show as individuals. We're not going to sugarcoat stuff. You're going to hear our stories. We're going to share our stories. And some of them are ugly. And some of them have some real painful details. The fact of the matter is, in this, you know, depending on how many people listen to this podcast, all three of us are divorced. Right. None of us thought we would be ever, ever, ever in a million trillion years. We would have bet large amounts of money years ago that we would never be divorced. And yet here we are. Mm -hmm. Three, you can be divorced and be a Christian. It's true. <laughs> well, and, and the church has had a lot, a huge problem with the divorce and not handled it well for a long time. And um, if you happen to be going through a divorce, that's something we're going to talk about. 
I'm sorry if you're going through it. It's really, really difficult. And you need to uh, connect. Community is a mm-hmm. huge help. Absolutely. Because you can't go through it alone. And, and it uh, goes on for a long time. Oh, gosh. It's just, it's a hell on earth. There's no doubt about it. And I think we would all agree agree with that. Right. Not any fun at all. And it's not about vilifying people, but sometimes in stories, people have caused us pain. And it's not making them out to be the bad guys. just like, this is just what happened. Well, sometimes it is. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get bitter. Get better, Carol. <laughs> um, the next thing we're going to do is one of our other principles is we're going to laugh as much as possible. I think we've done quite a bit of that, actually. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I think that's, that's how I want to live my life. I, I really regret as a dad, I didn't laugh more with my kids. I regret when my kids, because I got four kids and I love them to death. They're awesome kids. But I regret that when they were younger, I wasn't just silly with them more often. I didn't just laugh with them more often. I, I allowed them. Again, favorite American emotion, irritation. <laughs> Too many times I was irritated where I should have been enjoying. And so you kids, you guys out there with young kids, I'm telling you, as you hear it, it's a cliche, it goes fast, but it, it does. So that one kind of speaks for itself. Uh, the last one we have is we have no need to defend God or truth. Now, I believe that God is truth. The God of the Bible, Judeo-Christian God He is truth. Truth and God are the same thing. I believe that all truth is God's truth. I believe that other religions have elements of truth in them. Obviously, I don't believe they're as true as Christianity, or I would be a Buddhist, or I would be Islamic, or whatever. Yeah. Earlier, you had mentioned that we were going to have possibly an atheist or somebody who lost their faith. So how do you reconcile not defending Christianity when you have somebody in the same room with you who's outright opposed to it? Oh, I think I think David's point is not that we won't defend Christianity, but we don't need to. It speaks for itself. The truth doesn't need to be defended because it will stand. It will show itself to be truth in the long run. I guess my question then is this. If we're going to have somebody here in this studio with us and we're hearing their issue and their their problem with the church. And we're just going to sit back and let that happen? No, 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 no. We will, they'll heal our side of it, too. We're inviting them in for a couple different reasons. Number one is we think it's important for people to hear their stories. And we, one of the things we never want to be afraid of on the show is we, we want to be able to address doubt. People have doubts. All three of us in this room at time have doubts about God and our faith and all that stuff. And that's okay. God is okay with our doubt. I mean, my goodness, read the Psalms. Um, you know, the the Psalms are full of people that are struggling with doubt and then come back around. So we are not going to argue with them or fight with them. I want to hear the story. And then I want to question and probe their story. And I don't have to go, they already know what I believe. I don't have to be like, well, no, Jesus said that you're going to hell. You know, there's the Southern accent again. Yeah, there's, there it is again. (laughs) I don't have to be like that because I think the people that we'll have in here, we're going we're gonna to have a good understanding of how they got where they are. And we're not trying to proselytize them and, you know, like, hey, let's lead them through the sinner's prayer at the end. Now, that'd be a beautiful thing if we could do that, right, if, if they come to faith. And that is certainly a goal. You know, I want people to come to meet Jesus Christ because that's the basis for my life. And there's a lot of truth and freedom and joy in that. But it's not about saying, hey, tell us your story and then we're going to tell you how you're wrong. No interest in that conversation. It's a boring conversation. Tell me what happened to you. What took place 
because I want a lot of times people don't examine their story the way they need to. And if we can help people just kind of go, Hey, you, you are where you are. And you know what? Actually, and after you tell me your story, it actually makes sense that you're there. Mm-hmm. And I just want you to know, dude, I love you right where you are. Right. I accept you where you are in the journey because that's what Christ always does with us. But that's that doesn't true. mean we don't stand up for what we believe in. No, it's that we don't, of course we don't need to. We and don't need to. The be- reason that doubts are okay is that our God is big enough to handle them. And unfortunately, some of the people we know that have walked away from the faith are our own children. Yeah. And one of the things I've always told my kids is the God I believe in is big enough to handle it. Go ahead and tell him how you feel. Go ahead and tell him you're angry. Go ahead and tell him you don't believe in him. But don't stop the communication. Right. And I. That's and, deep. And when it, she's a deep person, she really is. I used to, when I was a youth pastor, I used to tell my youth group and I told my kids, I said, until you struggle with your faith, it's not really yours Mm -hmm. because, you know, and you've heard it before and, you know, but God doesn't have grandchildren. He has children that have chosen. um, There's lots of fabulous stories out there about people who have chosen to believe in God and how he brought them to the place where they made that decision to choose him and to choose to believe in him and submit to him. There's a word we don't like. We don't like that word submit very much, but. Oh, I do. <laughs> yes, you kind of do, actually. But that's, you know, that's unique for a woman to like the word submit. It's true, but she kind of does like that. Um, send your hate mail to <laughs> care of. Uh, no, but anyway, it, it, it this is not a show where we're going to talk about how women need to submit to men. Trust me. And we're not, I'm not advocating that at all. I'm not, it's not a thing. But anyway, we're talking about God not having having children and not grandchildren and about how, you know, we have to come to this place where we believe in God. And then when you hear someone's story and hear about how they have chosen not to believe in God. And now, trust me, if someone wants to come up and argue and or discuss with me about God, I don't I'm not planning on bringing people in here to have an argument and where they're going to be like attacking the church and be like this really hostile, angry atheist about you know how the church is. You're all crazy and you're all morons and idiots. We just won't invite those people. No, we're not going to invite those people because <laughs> it's a boring conversation because all it does is you end up just kind of, it usually escalates into shouting at each other. And I just, that's not helpful. It's not a good conversation. It's more of, help me understand how you got where you are. And then when I ask questions, I like to probe. I like to get people to go deeper and deeper and deeper and kind of examine, help me understand how you got to where you are. And if they want to hear my viewpoint, I'll give it to them. But, you know, we'll have plenty of episodes where we talk about what we believe, but it's interesting to get the viewpoint of the other side or someone who's gone down a different path. Explain your path. Explain your story. At the, in this in this podcast, we're not a bunch of people who think we have it all figured out. You know, I, I talked to people before and they're like, you just, Dave, you need to obey. You just need to obey the word. Just need to obey the word. <laughs> Um, that's hard. The Bible is an incredibly complex book. People have been arguing about it for thousands and thousands of years. We have numerous hundreds of denominations within the Christian church. Church splits because people can't agree on stuff. So tell someone to just obey the word is is naive and nonsensical. Now, I do think we need to obey the word and believe it and live it. So there's a tension between the two. How do you do that in an authentic way when you know someone else doesn't agree with what you're doing at all? And you're all trying to serve the same God. So we're going we're gonna to probe those things. We're going to talk about those things. We don't have it figured out. We don't need to defend truth. We're going to laugh a lot. 
because we don't take ourselves that seriously because we're, you know, we're, we're just, we're just us. So that's, I'm hoping to accomplish those things and just have a lot of fun. We're going to wrap it up here in a minute and um, I'm going to set up a little Gmail account. Um, it's Dave's podcast at gmail.com. I'm going to set up a Gmail address. Do you guys have thoughts on the the title of the show that you like? No, I know I you like the open letter. Yeah, I do. Actually, yeah. I do too. That's if, if, if your message is to express, if it's going to be thought provoking, that's a pretty thought provoking title. It's is an it? open letter. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is what we're talking about. And here, you're welcome to respond to it. It's kind of a thing nowadays with social media and the internet to write an open letter. And it, we want to be an open letter. We do. We do. I think we do, right? Yeah. We, we do, do. Do Dave's open letter? You can be Dave Open Letterman. Ah. Nobody <laughs> wants that. <laughs> and this is Chad's last broad time on the podcast speaking. <laughs> Too many bad puns, and we will remove you from the podcast. Just kidding. Remember, I'm the one in charge of editing. It's true. <laughs> you have a lot of power. That's power. But I'm I'm the host, darn it. There's that southern accent again. I can do other accents, too. Do you want to hear them? No. Okay. <laughs> you'll hear them. I guarantee you you'll hear them on future yeah. podcasts, because I can't help myself. It's inescapable. It is inescapable. Resistance is futile. It is. All right, so very first podcast is a lot of fun. It's, if you stayed through it, uh, you're a trooper. Thanks for listening. Um, next week, uh, we're, I think we're going to pretty sure we're going to talk about depression. That's and, pretty depressing. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Go for the obvious. <laughs> Go for the low hanging fruit, Chad. All right, Cash. Somebody's got to eat. <laughs> That's right. I do way too much of that. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, have a good week. <laughs> <laughs>